and welcome to CoinGeek Conversations. My guest today is Jack Liu, the founder of RelayX. And you may have guessed from the background that we are somewhere rather exotic, and that is Bali, Indonesia. And that is because we are here thanks to Jack's new entrepreneurial venture, which is Cambrian SV Bootcamp. And we're almost at the end of that week. Jack has succeeded in persuading 30 BSV developers to make their way here to Bali. And there's been an incredible week of work going on and some results to be seen. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Jack, let's step back a bit. 30 developers and the work they can do for a week, that's not going to change the world, is it? Not really, but if we change their mindset or their vision or their belief a little bit, maybe even improve their technique, I think it can accelerate how much further they change the world in the years ahead. But how can this be the start of something big? Well, I think uh, if you're a developer, you've always been told that the path to making it as a startup is to you know, find a co-founder, uh, have a brilliant idea, go buy a domain name, then raise funding, rent an office. We're just trying to change that mindset. And so not just for the people here, but if the audience who's watching this or if the stories that go back home becomes one of, did you know that on Bitcoin SV, a lot of the infrastructure you need to start a company is already there. And that as we build the protocols that help each other out, whether it's identity or it's smart contracts, uh, or as payments, you can enable entrepreneurs to just basically add a little component to existing applications, and that could be a whole new application of its own. So it's really the efficiency of uh, bootstrapping uh, development that gives me confidence that uh, the Bitcoin SV ecosystem will rival and surpass even the ex existing Internet 2.0 ecosystem. I mean, we've talked a couple of times over the past year, yeah. and every time you're very, very optimistic about the revolution. It hasn't happened yet. Um, are you still as confident as you always were? I am, because it's, uh, it, it's always happening at the margins. So in the mainstream, you know, uh, the internet only really hit the mainstream the last five years, same with mobile phones. Uh, but what I'm looking at is at the, the edges where our developers are starting to be interested. You know, I won't name who it was, but the founder of the biggest wallet on a competing blockchain messaged me to say, hey, I'm actually in Bali, can I come by? Um, and so there's been uh, more of an audience in watching it. And if you try to pull this event off a year ago, and I think we met just one or two weeks after the Bitcoin SV fork, there was no way you could even find 30 developers to even contact, let alone 30 of them committed to, to Bali. And uh, this week, I think, there's always almost been a little game being played by people who, are, who either didn't make it here or uh, wanted to show us how it's done. And so even outside of Cambridge SV, there's been other developers who are making great products. So there is definitely pro progress, and we'll see that maybe come to the user level in the next one year. I don't think since I've been here all week, I've heard anybody refer to the fiat value of Bitcoin SV. That no. is just somehow of no interest to anyone, and that probably is a change. Yeah, I think um, that's refreshing for all of us. That's always been the way I, I was, but when you're not talking to someone from Bitcoin SV, the topics maybe we'll recap are typically about Craig Wright as Satoshi Nakamoto, 
his dealings uh, in court issues, um, whether it's uh, then, then it's about the price of Bitcoin SV. That's just not been a topic at all. What is the problem that you see this new system of communication and interaction solving? Because that's not necessarily obvious to people. It's not. Because um, people you know, are born into this world and they kind of accept the world that, that is. And so it's not obvious what the problems are because you haven't experienced something different. Um, but if I were to take you back to a time of writing letters and, and currying it in the mail, for people today, they would not like that very much. But at that time, I, I don't think everyone's dropping letters to try out fax machines or try out um, you know, text messaging that, that, that much in a rush. So it's hard to see it because most people don't know how powerful they can be. And uh, Bitcoin SV, what it will do is, it will not just equalize the opportunities for every single person. It's gonna give every single person on our planet, even the most privileged, uh, even greater, uh, greater opportunities. And that is because every action is reflected in a record on the blockchain? Yes. So just recording the action doesn't seem like not much of a big deal. You know, a lot of people don't like taking photos. They don't care to look at the past. They want to look at the next day. So it's not really about that. It's about being able to transfer that data to somebody else so that you have, they can trust in you. Um, it's about that interaction. And if you have uh, applications that help you improve off of that data, then whether this comes in education or health, like a fitness uh, application, you can see that uh, a lot of the value systems are gonna be on the blockchain and it's available to everyone. I mean, one thing that I think would be fantastic is if we had one example of a company or a project on BSV where it makes money, you can sort of see that it's gonna be useful and interesting and it obviously can quickly get big and get popular. Does that exist yet? Or what, what, are, what are the candidates for that kind of poster child of BSV? Yeah. Uh, it, it may not seem so obvious, but I think a, a candidate definitely is Twitch. Um, their first, I still call it a prototype for this kind of vision. Twitch is like a, is branded as like a Twitter, uh, but on the blockchain. But once you inject money, the behavior um, changes a lot. So. If I were to tweet a picture that goes viral, um, I don't really receive much benefit from it. You know, some people capture footage of a, uh, a great moment uh, in sport or something, and you have uh, reporters saying, can I, can I use the footage on Twitter? But if you do it on Twitch, you can see people earning significant amounts of money. And that's just like one interface. You could imagine all kinds of interface for writing novels, recording books, uh, uh, recording audio. There's platforms like AudioDB, these are just very early stages. So it's like not even quite Netscape levels, but you can take it to the Safari, to the Chrome. I mean, nobody's going to object to earning some money, no. but that only is possible when other people and probably more people are going to be paying a bit of money. That is the hurdle. That's it? right, that's right. So people look at maybe earning $3 uh, on Twitch as not that big a deal because they still make more money in their regular jobs. 
Um, but as you said, that's because not a lot of people are on Twitch to be part of that community that can give or pay. Um, when you realize that Bitcoin itself is a more efficient payment system than anything the world has ever seen, it's inevitable that the audience for potentially who could pay you is going to be the, the global population. And then it becomes a matter of you have a worse quality of living if you're not using Bitcoin SV. But I'm not convinced that people are not paying for things because it's inefficient. I think it's just because they don't like to give money away. <laughs> sure, sure. But they, they like, uh, I'm sure they don't like watching ads either. So right. you, could, you could potentially pay a couple pennies just to never see, see ads. And it's just, again, once the frictions are gone, so it is a question of becoming conscious of monetizing your time, really, yes. isn't it? Yes. Your time is worth a very small amount of money every second or minute or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And how can that be ex sort of extended from Twitch? I mean, Twitch, I can see there is a kind of great sure. theoretical model there. But what is that an example of in a bigger context? In a bigger context, I think, um, you're going to be able to do a gig economy type uh, job, a different one every 30 minutes or even every 10 minutes. And your cumulative uh, earnings will be higher than today in the sense that you can drive, not for Uber, but drive for whoever wants a ride on the blockchain. And that means even when you're on vacation, in a place that Uber is not available, you can still be a driver. And you can try your task at another, another gig and uh, make money all the time. Is that because some little company has set up that provides that kind of network that would allow me to rent a car and drive The somebody? network is actually on Bitcoin SV. But who's running it? Um, there will be interfaces that connect you to it. So it's almost like um, we all go to kayak.com to purchase flights, but kayak is not the airline. And so you might go to a website, uh, but they don't own the fleet of cars. And people say that Uber does, don't own the fleet of cars either, but it is their network that they're controlling. It is Uber who tells you who's available for... It's Uber that's losing a massive amount of money every week at yeah, the moment, that's right. apparently. That's, that's right. And that, that should continue uh, because it's just going to get a lot more um, efficient. There's just going to be no... We're going to have some common protocols on the blockchain that define location, define value, define uh, content that triangulated, you can have all, every single Internet 2.0 application be baked into the protocol level, or just a, uh, and, then, and then every single application is a surface. So if I don't like, particularly like the design of uh, the Uber UX, um, I'm sure I'll find another interface that I can hail riders, uh, uh, drivers from. It's the, the ultimate sort of efficient market, basically, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're coming to the end of this week here at uh, the boot camp. Give me your impressions of the sort of human interactions that we've seen amongst the group. Well, I think uh, we haven't had any fights breaking out. No, everyone's a t tough guy uh, on Twitter or on social media. And because you have to be to be loud. But in person, you see the, the kinder soul in every every person because, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that profitable right now to build on Bitcoin SV. At least, at least for most companies that are not that efficient. And so any chance they have a chance to, uh, any time they have a chance to learn from each other, they're taking full advantage of it. Right. And 
there's been a sort of um, liaising between different projects mm -hmm. and a, a sort of uh, productive um, intermingling, I would say, isn't there? Yeah. How, how, give me some sort of examples of that, can you? Uh, well, this week we are actually able to launch uh, Relay One, which is a payment button on the internet. And that solves a company's problem like Twitch, where they're today tied to a single service provider for payments, which in my Uber example, when, when you have multiple companies proliferate, you don't need to be doing that. And so really one helps Twitch in terms of uh, payments from another kind of population set and also helps them onboard uh, users who don't need to know about BSV because behind Relay One is a fiat network that allows users to just go straight to Twitching or, or cash out their earnings straight to the bank account or the wallet of their choice. So that's a, a very much a expedient for Twitch's growth. Um, and that's great for us uh, as well, and we're the makers of Relay One. But beyond that, you see another adjacent uh, potential partnership, which is uh, identity. And so, you know, you might be called one name on Twitch, but you want to be able to take that and bring it over to a different version of Twitch or some other application. And so solving the identity problem is very important too. We've had protocols like legally unchained, legally chained here. We've had different proposals, whether that's pay mail or that's uh, direct mining identity. And then lastly, we have uh, true technologists who are resolving the speed of broadcasting or potentially eliminating the broadcast of a Bitcoin transaction altogether. Um, because the huge argument before was that in these decentralized uh, protocols, it takes time for a transaction to propagate. And that kind of hurts the user experience. So if you're looking at it from Twitch perspective or our perspective or a legally chained perspective, any of these combinations doesn't disrupt our own business model. It takes the whole, every company up another level. It strikes me that with, with RelayX, you are offering a bridge between the conventional financial world mm. and the Bitcoin SV world. And that there's some sort of parallel in my mind between this and Bill Gates and his Windows operating system in that he was very happy for app developers to build on Windows and the more apps there were, the better it was for Windows. I mean, you're in a sort of, not exactly a gatekeeper position, but you will benefit from people wanting to make that transition between uh, Fiat and BSV. Yeah, that's right. And. That's why we're holding the Cambrian Bootcamp. Right, so you have a sort of interest in these smaller, well, they're not necessarily smaller, but, but an interest in these other companies thriving because that will be good for Relay. That's right, and, um, and Relay mission won't just be to bridge uh, traditional financial products into the Bitcoin ecosystem. It can fundamentally upgrade the traditional services too. So, you know, there's a lot of companies that want to engage in Bitcoin, but don't have the technical know-how uh, to put it into their services. And if you build a bridge that can help uh, fiat to crypto, you may not just be helping people use crypto applications. You may helping uh, essentially open up the walls of a traditional service so that a small fintech company can now be a global fintech company uh, just the same. You, you've talked in the past about the urgency of getting 
more transactions on chain, particularly before May next year when the uh, blockchain reward halving happens. The clock is still ticking. Are you more or less confident about that task being achieved? I'm, I'm very confident, but I also think I learned my leadership style from some of the different motivational leaders of the great tech companies. Does so, that mean you just have to look confident? <laughs> no, no, not the confident part, but to create that sense of urgency. Right. I, I think there is definitely a risk of you know, running out of time, but why take that risk? Why not just set a goal for ourselves as an industry to try and get to a certain number of transactions, to try and surpass Bitcoin? Because if we can't use a Bitcoin uh, uh, BTC, if we can't even surpass that, there's no chance we're going to service the whole world uh, in my kind of middle ages. So it's just more interesting to push that way. I mean, I think everyone here has had a, a great time at the Cambrian SV boot camp. Do you, is this an experience that can be repeated or is it a one-off or what? It's definitely not a one-off. And even if others don't invite outsiders to come, I've heard combinations where uh, two teams are already making plans to code alongside each other uh, for a couple of weeks at a time. And that's happening, that conversation is happening everywhere because that's a strategic advantage, you know? All of us may never be able to grow into a big company because of the nature of Bitcoin and how disruptive it is towards growing and centralizing. But so how else do you get help? Well, it's nice if someone next to you also is a Bitcoin expert. And that will help all the companies who, who form like that. So in various ways, the culture of Cambrian will live on. And I think just to celebrate that, we'll bring it back together as a group, as an event, you know, a couple times a year. Just to end with, tell me your thoughts about how we shouldn't necessarily be looking always for startup companies to get bigger and get more powerful and have more investment and so on, that it might almost be, well, it's very different from that. Yeah, in fact, if you're hearing a startup pitch you that, oftentimes they don't know what's going on in the technology world. They are pitching you that their company will become bigger to seek your investments. Um, and so I think the, the best Bitcoin SV companies will be acquire users first, make revenues first rather than worry about scaling um, the operations or financing of, of a company. So that's your telltale sign. And, um, and I think this will, this will bring in a lot of new types of artists, I would say. Artist developers, artist designers who are going to enter the technology field. Because previously, if you wanted to build technology, you also had to learn how to do public speaking how to be, a, be able to face down with a VC who's giving you a bad term sheet. This is a bit, big turnoff, you know, how to become a manager of people. So if we can mobilize all the creativity out there in the world, who maybe don't have some of those traits or don't want to deal with that, the person who's starting a coffee shop these days, if those people can understand that they can create niche applications, they're going to be excited. Today they can't because a social network constructed of a particular subset of the population can't compete head on with a Facebook and Instagram. But if we all share the data, and the data is all used, uh, controlled by the user on the blockchain, actually being niche, being different is going to be valued. Of course, it's not going to be like every single person in the world will become niche, 
and so you, a single application will not be worth more than Facebook, but you can make uh, a living now deploying technology, which is fundamentally different, and reverts our society back to uh, an age where you know there would be bakers and different shops on the street level. You're going to see that now on the technology level, and that's just going to make the internet so much more interesting. Who wants to every day always go to facebook.com, instagram.com, google.com for the last 20 years? I want to see a renaissance uh, happening on the blockchain, and that's why we need to scale. It's, that's why it's not so obvious, because you, none, no single project is going to take on the Goliath. But if we can see the blossoming of that, I'm sure 10 years from now, people will say this was worth it. One of the things I've enjoyed about being in Bali is just walking up the street yep. and there's like 20 different little businesses between here and the hotel where I'm staying. It's a 10 minute walk. I don't think I've seen one brand name, big brand name. No. These are all local businesses started by people who live here making a living. And it seems to me that what you're describing is the sort of uh, the digital version of that which provides a, a brilliant community. You can see that here. And um, going back to a big city where every street looks the same, I think I'll be wanting to be back here with that kind of diversity again. Yeah, and, it's, and here it's got its own flavor and everywhere else has its flavor. And uh, those big cities uh, will eventually be uh, removed of the skyscrapers. And you'll have that flavor back again in the big cities again. Thanks to Bitcoin. Thanks to Bitcoin. Jack, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And thanks for putting on this fantastic event. It was our pleasure. Thanks, Charles.